Mitch was a middle-aged man who just wasn't sure that the life that he was living was um, worthwhile. Curly was uh, almost ancient in his years, uh, a weather-hardened cowboy who was coming to the end of his life. In the movie that released in 1991, the year that I got married, the movie's called City Slickers. The name of the aged cowboy is Jack Palance, who famously did one-arm push-ups when he received an award for Best Supporting Actor at the Academy Awards. Some of y'all remember that. Some of y'all weren't born yet. Uh, Jack Palance was curly, and Billy Crystal, who was young then, Billy Crystal was um, Mitch. And in this movie, uh, the, the story unfolds where Mitch is trying to figure out his life. So he goes with his buddies on a cattle drive. He's from the city, city slickers, he's from the city, and Mitch is the the, the cowboy that is uh, helping these city slickers experience uh, a cattle drive. Through a lot of misadventures and, and funny moments, the movie gets to its point. Now, there's a crucial scene. Curly, they're both riding a horse, and uh, not together. One's on one horse, one's on another. Both riding horses along, following the cattle. And Curly looks to Mitch and he says, do you want to know what the secret of life is? And he holds up his finger. He says, it's this. Billy Crystal, Mitch, says, the secret to life is your finger? He said, no. It's this, just one thing. That's the secret of life. And Mitch looks at Curly and he asks the question that begs to be asked. Well, what is that one thing? And Curly says, well, that's what you've got to figure out. <laughs> it's a great movie and a great story and a great theme, but that moment, you can do a Google search. You can uh, do curly city slickers or curly one thing, and I promise you it'll come up. The reason that scene captures the attention even today, 30 plus years later, it captures our attention because all of us want to know what that one thing is. The one thing that will give us the life we've always dreamed of. The one thing that will chase away our blues and satisfy our souls. The one thing that fills us up and doesn't leave us empty. What is that one thing? Turn in your copy of Scripture to Mark chapter 10. In Mark chapter 10, Jesus meets 
a young man. We'll call him Mitch. And Mitch comes to Jesus and he asks him the right question. I think it's important for us to know that it, it is essential to ask the right person the right question if we're going to have the kind of life we always wanted. And Mitch comes to Jesus and he asks the right person, Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, the one who is in on creation itself, there in the beginning of time who is God and was with God, the one in whom there is life. And that life enlightens every human being. The the one who would die for sinners on a cross, the, the one who would be raised from the dead, yeah, he asked the right person, and he asked the right question. Let's pick up Mark chapter 10, beginning verse 17. Now, as Jesus was going out on the road, Mitch came running, knelt before Jesus, and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life. There's the question. Now, when he asked the question, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Eternal life is more than merely going to heaven when we die. Eternal life in Scripture is both quality and quantity. When Jesus talked about eternal life, he's talking about something that is full and abundant, satisfying to the very core of our being. Eternal life is Uh, The quality of life that says, I am filled, soaking with satisfaction. I am filled, overflowing with joy and love and peace and hope. I have the life I want. That's what eternal life is. So uh, Mitch asked Jesus, the right person, he asked the right question, what do I have to do to get hold of the life I've always wanted? All right. Verse 18. So Jesus said to Mitch, why do you call me good? No one is good uh, but one, and that is God. Well, you know the commandments. Don't commit adultery. Do not uh, murder. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness. Don't defraud. Honor your father and your mother. Uh, Now, you know this about the Ten Commandments, right? Ten Commandments came on two tablets, two stone tablets. And God, with his holy finger, etched the commandments. And on one uh, table of the commandments, one of those rocks, was uh, commandments that dealt with how we relate to one another. Do not murder. That's a bad way to relate to other people. Do not steal. Bad way to relate to other people. Don't commit adultery. Bad way to relate to your wife or your husband. So the tablet, honor your father and mother, commandment. How to to treat the ones that uh, gave birth to us. Now, this tablet dealt with how we relate to one another. The first tablet, though, that's the second table, the first tablet dealt with our relationship with God. Don't take the Lord's name in vain, right? It it dealt with how we relate to God. So when Jesus goes through uh, the, you know, the commandments, he he asks, and and then he gives the the second table. He gives how you relate to other people because he's holding back. He he knows that there's something that 
this young man was missing. And so he says, uh, uh, do, not, uh, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, don't defraud, honor your father and mother. Verse 20, and, the, and Mitch answered and said to Jesus, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth. And catch verse 21. And Jesus looking at Mitch loved Mitch. He looked at him and he loved him. That love is not mere affection. That is a deep, sacrificial, I'll give my life for you kind of love. He looked at the young man, and he longed for that young man to have the kind of life that the young man wanted. He's looking at you today. Right now, he loves you. Just like he loved Mitch. He loves you. And he longs for you to leave this place today. having taken hold of the kind of life that you always wanted. Jesus said, looked at, looked at him, loved him, and said to him, one thing you lack. Go your way, sell whatever you have, give it to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Come, take up your cross, and follow me. One thing you lack. Verse 22, but he was sad at this word, and he went away filled with sorrow because he had a lot of stuff. And Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, it is so hard for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were astonished at his word. And Jesus said again, uh, answered it again and said to them, oh, children, how hard it is for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. That's pretty impossible, isn't it? In verse 26, now, so the disciples were greatly astonished and said among themselves, well, then who can be saved? And Jesus looked at them and said, with men it is impossible but not with God. For with God, all things are possible. And Peter said to Jesus, see, we have left all to follow you. Stop there. What is the one thing? Now, quick statement, and, and really the sum of it. Of, of the message. The one thing that you and I need to have the kind of life we always want, the one thing is Jesus. That's it. Jesus. The one thing you need in order to be happy is Jesus. The one thing you need in order to be strong is Jesus. The one thing you need in order to be satisfied is Jesus. The one thing you need in order to have everything make sense is Jesus. And nothing else can be that one thing. Although we choose a lot of other one things. 
We look to a lot of things to be the one thing that will satisfy our soul, that will give us purpose and meaning. We look to a lot of one things uh, that, that are not Jesus who is the only one thing. We, we look to a lot of one things. Now, for this uh, young man, it was, it was stuff. Now, there's nothing evil or wicked about possessions, nothing, nothing at all. That's not the point that Jesus was making. Jesus was saying that because of this young man's stuff, he was letting go of the only thing that could satisfy him. Now, you might not have a lot of stuff, but you have a one thing that keeps, keeps you from taking hold of Jesus. The one thing in your life, the one thing in my life, is whatever has captured our heart. Whatever consumes our thoughts, whatever drives us on a daily basis, it, it, uh, the one thing in our life is, is whatever that is. And, and so it, it, could be, um, it could be music, uh, it could be um, uh, a boat, it could be a car, uh, it could be a job, it, it, it could be a relationship. It could be almost, it could be, and, and uh, in between services, I was talking to some folks and they said, well, you know, my one thing, what, what keeps me from, uh, from taking hold of the only one thing that can satisfy is control. And I think that's, that really comes down to it. It's, it's that I want control. If I can control, if I can rope the wind and tame the whirlwind, I, I'll be satisfied. But who can rope the wind? Who can tame the whirlwind? Well, there's only one. His name's Jesus. So the young man, he had a lot of stuff, and that stuff kept him from taking hold of the only thing that could satisfy him. The only one thing in this world and in all eternity that could ever soak his soul with satisfaction and fill him with contentment. He traded, traded that relationship with Jesus off because he had a lot of stuff and he wanted to hold on to his stuff. See, Jesus is teaching us a simple lesson today. A simple lesson is make sure that your one thing is Jesus. And if your one thing is Jesus, then you will lack nothing. You'll have the life you always dreamed of, even when troubles hit. We, as followers of Jesus, those who have been rescued by God's grace through faith in Christ, those of us who have uh, received a new heart, a new life, because Jesus rescued us. He covered us in his grace. And that grace was free. And because the grace was free, we have this view of a costless Christianity. Uh, uh, we, we have this view, well, it, it, it didn't cost me anything to become a follower of Jesus. No, no, it didn't cost you anything to be rescued by God's grace. But Jesus has already defined and described what it takes to follow him. He says, you've got to 
sell your stuff. Get rid of your other one things. Pick up your cross and follow me. While we have a view of a costless Christianity that leads to a tasteless eternity, Jesus describes following him as something more than just costless. If we're going to follow Jesus, if we're going to take hold of him as our one thing, then we have to give our everything for Jesus. To follow Jesus means we give our everything to him. I mean, we like to give him the bad stuff. He took it to a cross. He died for it. Love to give him the bad stuff. But that's not all that we give him. We give him our everything. Not just our sin, we give him our life itself. The Apostle Paul said it this way in Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, Paul said, I beg you, based upon the mercies of God, that you present yourselves a living sacrifice. A living sacrifice. That's where we lay ourselves before Jesus and we say, I belong to you. You control me. Everything I am, I give to you. I am a living, breathing sacrifice for Jesus. We must give our everything. But so many of us give our some things. We give uh, statistics. One two or three hour period of time a month to gather with the people of God to worship Jesus. Most faithful churchgoers now, one out of every four Sundays. Aren't you glad you showed up on this one? I feel like crying too sometimes. Yeah, we, we give our time, a, a portion of our time, not even a majority of our time. We give a portion of our time. We, we give a portion of our resources. Jesus told Mitch, you got to sell everything, give it to the poor. He just tells us at most, you know, give 10% of gross, not net. Unless you win it on Powerball or something, that's 20%. Remember, we've talked about this. 20%, that's law. Um, We give a portion of our resources. Today, you uh, either schedule it through your bank or went on the website and you put your tithe in, put down that amount of money that God has led you to give. You've, you've been faithful to do that, but he didn't ask you for everything. He didn't ask you to give his, your whole paycheck this week. Just a portion. And maybe we give our portion to, to the Lord. Maybe, maybe we uh, host a, a life group in our home. It may take a little bit more. Hey, we, we give 
we give these portions, these some things, but then we act like it's inconvenient for us to do more. Look, I'm not asking you to, to uh, you know, be up here 24-7. Jesus isn't asking you to be here 24-7. You know what Jesus is asking us to do? To be his 24-7. Completely, utterly sold out to him. Holding nothing back. But the... The man, he had, he had the wrong one thing. And if you're like me, you got the wrong one thing too. There's something. And probably many somethings. In your life, just like there is in mine, that competes for control of our lives. There's something, or maybe several somethings in your life that you lean on other than Jesus to make your life make sense. Scared to death, we might lose this. If I lose this, I've lost everything. I'll do anything to protect this, my job, my car, my boat. I'll do whatever it takes. I've got to protect this because this, this is what gives meaning to my life. This is what satisfies me. Today, my prayer is that we would be willing to smash that one thing. And go after the only one thing that can give us everything. His name is Jesus. Are you giving your everything to Jesus? I mean everything. Holding nothing back. Are you giving your everything to Jesus? And if not, why not? Disciples, uh, the disciples, man, Jesus, Jesus, uh, he had had brought them along and and Peter began to say, verse 28, Peter began to say, look, we, we have left everything to follow you. And that must be our perspective. That must be our lifestyle. That must be uh, the way that we do every day. I leave my everything to follow Jesus. I give my everything to follow Jesus. Because he alone is the one thing that satisfies my soul. He alone is the one thing that fills up the emptiness of my life. He alone is the one thing. So we must, if we're going to follow him, we must give our everything for him.
But following Jesus, we give our everything for him. The good news of that is that we always get more than we give. Always. You give your everything to Jesus, he'll give you more than you could ever want. Uh, look, look at his words. Begin verse 29. And Jesus said, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and for the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come eternal life. Many who are first will be last and the last first. So Jesus is saying this, and, and I, I don't want you to miss it. It's not just about going to heaven when we die. When we give our everything to Jesus, get, Jesus gives us everything we could ever hope for, even in the face of bad times. So we give our everything. Well, Jesus, I'm giving you my, my, my wife and my husband, my children, my, my brothers and my sisters. I'm giving you my land, my house, my car, my bike, my fishing pole. I'm getting my fishing pole, I, my ice cream, I, my chocolate, my peanut butter. I'm giving you everything. I'm giving you all that I, I'm giving you my time. I'm giving you my talent. I'm giving you my treasures. I'm giving you everything. I give you all that. And Jesus says, you give me all that. Make no mistake. I will give you everything that you ever wanted. I will make chocolate have greater significance in your life. It'll mean something if you give it to me. Your marriage, your children, your family, your possessions, you give it to me, Jesus says, and I will multiply it in significance and value. I'll make it make sense because I'll put it in the right place in your life. You want a satisfying work? Then give your everything for Jesus. And he will make your work satisfying. You want a satisfying marriage? Then give your everything for Jesus. And he will make your marriage satisfying. We, we have a hard time believing this, though. And the reason I know we have a hard time believing this is because we so rarely do it. We live out our days with this mundane view of Jesus where he needs to get in line with our ske schedule and our calendar. We, we have this mundane view of Jesus where he's a nice fella. But I don't, really don't want him to blow up my world. I just want him to, you know, do the things I need for him to do. He's a good butler. He's a good valet. But I don't want him to take control. We treat Jesus like we treat a hobby. And we wonder why we're so dissatisfied. It's because we've missed the one thing. We've taken our hobby and made it our one thing, and we've taken the one thing and we made him our hobby. And we wonder why we're so out of whack. The challenge today 
is for you as a follower of Jesus to identify where, what, ever it is in your life that you're trusting in to give you life. And ask Jesus to smash it today. And then, having smashed that idol, commit yourself to reorient your life so that Jesus is the one thing in your life. We reorient our life for things that matter to us. Don't we? I mean, not in this church, previous church where I pastored, turkey hunting was a big deal. They're fanatics. Turkey hunters are fanatics. They're worse than fly fishermen. Turkey hunters. In our church, there would be a group of about 30 men that I wouldn't see during turkey season. That's not, I'm not being facetious. I'm not making it. I mean, they were gone and I knew they were going to be gone. Preacher, we're out here. We're, we're communing with God out here. The hunting club is the only legitimate place for Baptists in the deep south to get drunk and it'd be okay. <laughs> Times have changed. Now it's almost anywhere. I wouldn't see them. They rearranged everything. They rearranged their work schedule to go turkey hunting. I, everything changed. Because turkey hunting was one thing in their life that they loved. Some of them even more than their marriage. I have two granddaughters. Nora and Lucy. My daughter calls me uh, and, and says, Daddy, I need your help. Nora and Lucy need you right now. It doesn't matter if I'm preaching a sermon, I'm going to stop, I'm going to go help. I mean, that's my grandchildren. Some of you spend thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars so that your kid can be in cheer or play baseball or sports. You change your schedule, you change your calendar so that you can make sure that Little Billy's playing peewee uh, t-ball is at every game and has the right cleats and the right equipment, the right uniform, and you travel all the way up to Northern Virginia or over into Maryland and and all for Little Billy playing t-ball because maybe someday, if he's really good, he's going to be on the Texas Rangers playing for the World Series. I mean, we arrange everything for some things. What have you reoriented for Jesus?
what have you done to change your way of life for the sake of Jesus and the gospel? My soul, he gave his life so that you might have life. And if he has control of our life, he gives us everything we would ever want or need. And we treat him like a hobby. So my challenge to us, because I fit right in that same boot. Will we be willing to reorient the whole of our life so that Jesus has control over all of our life? And would you begin today? Would you bow your heads, please? In a moment, we're going to sing... A song that says, take my life, Lord. Take my heart, take my hands, take my riches, take my voice, the words I say, the thoughts I think, take my life, Lord. And that really is what it means to follow Jesus. So are you willing, not merely to sing the song, are you willing to live that kind of life? What is the one thing that gives you everything? His name is Jesus. And when you give him everything, he gives you all that you could ever want or hope for. So today, will you dedicate yourself as a follower of Jesus, to give all of yourself, holding nothing back. Lord God, help for us to smash idols today. Lord, help for us to give all of ourselves to you without reservation, without equivocation. Lord Jesus, help for us stop treating you like a hobby. Lord Jesus, Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee.